This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Let's do the show, folks. Come, come, come. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Hey guys, welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. This is episode 348. I'm your host for this week, Riley Blanton. So glad you've decided to join us. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Please delete as appropriate. Uh, we're here to talk Star Wars this week. We've got all kinds of awesome Star Wars-ness to cover here on the Star Wars Report podcast. So let's bring in... Our uh, guest for this week, of course, you know him, you love him. It's Mr. Hurleman, Mr. Marcus James Thaddeus Hurleman, the 17th. Mm. Yes, story enjoying bro. some porg here. Ooh, mm. it's dry, nice lemon pepper on it. Oh, man. Mm. I thought you were going to kick it to me a second earlier. I'm like, chew, 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 swallow. Yep. Nope. Then breathe. <laughs> this is what happens when you snack before we start podcasting. You know what? I bet he's not. I bet he might be enjoying a beverage of choice, uh, but he's probably not snacking. It's Aaron Goins. Hello, hello. How's it going, man? It's going great. I'm super excited to be podcasting with Mark Herleman. <laughs> I know. I, it's We never get enough time to mm. chat. Yeah, he's no. tired. It's never about legends. <laughs> he's tired of me because of Mouse and Castle by now. We're, we're, we're just too, it's already putting way too big of a strain on our friendship. Um, Mark, I have a book find. <laughs> I have a book find that I'm going to tell you about at some point in this podcast, and I'm going nah. to blow your mind. That sounds All like excited. that sounds like um, something for Boba's bounty. Hmm. It's like mm. he knows the show. You have to play it out before I bounce. <laughs> yes, 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 indeed. Um, although, let's jump straight into the news. We have something to report. Closer, I have good news. Data brought to us by the Botham spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. Um, this week, Solo is out on digital, Blu-ray soon to come. We've seen some new deleted scenes. Um, John Caston was rolling around on Twitter posting all kinds of behind-the-scenes um, uh, coolness since they didn't do a commentary. Isn't this sad? <laughs> I'm just going to point out. They, because they didn't do a commentary... John Cast and the writer just post a bunch of screenshots on his Twitter, and that's what we get for the bonus content. I don't know, Aaron. You're the one. I haven't been through the bonus content, or I don't have the digital copy. I'm I'm waiting for the Blu-ray. Um, have you had a chance to comb through the deleted scenes, bonus features, anything's jumped out to you so far? So far, all I've done is I watched the movie, uh-huh. and I How watched was it? the deleted scenes. So ah, nice. Um, but scenes. yeah, the movie. I mean, I only watched it three times in the theater, so I was excited to watch it again. And it kind of was the same experience for me. I really liked it a lot. The first 15 minutes kind of drag, and then the rest of it is pretty awesome. So mm-hmm. I I really like that movie a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it, looking forward. What were the three deleted scenes? Uh, there were more than three, and there were... I'm, I'm not sure exactly. Like, I don't have the list off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. But there's a couple that kind of stand out. There was, there was like a Han, Han scene when he's in... Um, he's in kind of the, the yacht. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's just eating Dryden and he's eating some kind of weird food. And then it, it's just like a, almost a very comedic scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there's that one. There's a few others. I, I'm there's, not remembering um, off the top of my head right yeah, now, but Chewie throwing a snowball at Han, them having the oh, snowball yeah, fight, they had a random snowball fight, which was I'm glad they cut that. That they, was that was super <laughs> random. It almost looked like just the two actors messing around it in the background. Did. It kind of did. There's <laughs> the Carillion um, foot chase. Let's take a quick listen. They actually, um, it was Han and Han and Kira on the run. So this is running through the streets of Corellia with the um, Corellian hounds chasing them on foot. Trust me! What are you doing? Get in! No. You got a better idea? Oh. Get in! Jumping into these barrels with all these eels. So, of course, a reference to <laughs> Indiana Jones. Yeah. Slimy, slithery thing. Wow, this is a pretty long scene. It's like almost two minutes, and it's just the Carillion Hounds trying to search for him, and they're hiding in these barrels of eels, which Han Solo hates. Yeah, bad timing, Han. Get it together. <laughs> um, so yeah, we had that deleted scene. That was pretty cool. Um, Why it's interesting it have to know that, uh, <laughs> exactly. right? Right? Exactly. It's interesting to know that Dryden Voss was going to be a Lasat. I, I, that one slipped yeah. past me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was in the art of book. They actually, they actually had some, uh, some concept art of how he would look. Yeah, it looks mm. pretty cool. I'm actually, yeah. I'm looking at it right here. Yeah, that's actually pretty interesting. Um, Although I do like the fact that with the way they went, they tied in the whole uh, Freemakers, Sith ladies moving tattoos. Like now I'm like, oh, it's just her alien species. With the she gets angry and her face lines show up. Okay. Yeah. Oh, here's another clip. Here's um, Han uh, as an um, as an Imperial cadet. So he's attempting to pilot the um, Tie Fighter. Struggling to dock the out of control TIE fighter. And he definitely wrecks it. Cadet Solo. Still can't decide if you're brave or stupid. Well, I'd like to think I'm a little of both, sir. Uh, Moth. <laughs> sir, sir Moth. <laughs> it's Commodore. And if you think smart ass is the way to go here, you're sorely mistaken. <laughs> Fellow Imperials, if you'll allow me. Onyx 2. Onyx 2 was flanked by headhunters. If I'd followed command's directive and returned to formation instead of going after him, he'd be dead now. No place for maverick heroics in his Emperor's Navy. I'm not trying to be a hero, Commodore. Trust me. I... <laughs> well, congratulations. Really laying on the Harrison Ford style here. Hmm. This tribunal, me in particular, finds you... It's an Article 15 hearing, is what it is. <laughs> you are hereby reassigned to the infantry. Report for immediate transfer to Mimban. 
Mm. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. I thought that was going to be way worse. Uh, and roughly, when do you think I'll be able to fly again, Commodore? Oh, we'll have <laughs> you flying in no time. Smash cut to the Mimbin battle that we've all seen in the movie. So, all right. I'm okay that they cut this one only in the aspect of, of seeing him in that flight helmet in mm. space. Like, they do that in comics where they cut away some of the face masks so you can see their face, but in the live action, it just doesn't make sense. Like, but I, I guess the argument could be made though that the rebels, their faces all show. So I guess that I should probably just shut up. <laughs> yeah, that that tribunal scene was probably my favorite of all the of all the deleted scenes. Yeah, no, I I would have wanted to see. I guess that wasn't the movie they're trying to tell. Man, I would have wanted to see that movie though, a little bit more of Han Solo in the Imperial Cadet days. And it is funny. It's so funny that all of the consternation of the of the uh legends thing back in the day and and we have set you know literally young han solo as an imperial cadet flying it's it's really funny to to see just how heavily borrowed from the, some of those old stories the solo stuff was well that's cuz there was truth in legends mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well that but and and it, they actually and the other thing that they talked about john caston talks about a decent number of things that um ron howard kept that chris lord chris miller and phil lord had had done like the the speeder bike chase the beginning um that was all that was all kept in um yeah i it's it's interesting i have not i i I imagine i will watch solo again um once it's on blu-ray but um again my mine was my review was and kind of remains as always I, i enjoyed it the first time i watched it but it's kind of a forgettable star wars movie for me See, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it again because everybody I wanted to take to go and watch this didn't get to watch it. My wife still yeah. hasn't seen it with me. My dad hasn't got to see it with me. My mom, like the only person in my family that got to watch it with me was my son. So yeah. normally him and I go and at least watch Star Wars movies at least twice and we only got to watch it once. So like I feel like for me, the jury's still out. Like I really enjoyed the movie, but I didn't feel like it was the best Star Wars movie. But then again, I've always felt like the more you watch anything, the the more you appreciate it. And I haven't really got the appreciation that I feel that the film is due yet. Hmm. Yeah. I, I loved the movie. Mm-hmm. Why? I, th- I mean, I say that that I, that sounded accusatory. I was <laughs> oh, not not in a defensive not in a defensive way, but um, what what was it about the movie? Was it the characters? Was it the adventure? Was it the fact that it was more of a vanilla low stakes thing where you could just sit back and enjoy it? What was the what was it about this movie that did it for you? I was never a big Han Solo fan, and I I think this movie turned me into a Han Solo fan. I really like to kind of learn about his background, like the official story of his background, how him and Chewbacca met. Um, I thought like Donald Glover as Lando was great. It was just kind of like, it was almost like as somebody who read a lot of the legend stuff or most of the legend stuff, it felt like a legend novel come to life. I'll give you that. It had for those sure. like deeper references. I mean, you you didn't get that in any other Star Wars movie. And so it was kind of a Star Wars movie made for people who mm. are really invested in the universe. Yeah. And so it was kind of tailor made for a fan like me. So I just, I loved it. I thought it was the best Chewbacca we've ever gotten in a movie. Yeah, some of my favorite books are the ones that span a good five-year period where you really get to know the characters. I mean, Lost Stars, you know, that one really spanned quite a distance. And I, I think that that's what you get with this that you don't get with any other Star Wars film. I mean, Rogue One's kind of close to that, but it was kind of like we had the, the brief prologue in her past and it jumped forward. And so if you want to really get that 
in between you had to get the uh, Rebel Rising book and, mm. and fill in that chapter there. Yeah. But you're right. This one, the movie itself felt like a novel. Hmm. Well, and to be honest, another element of that was the sort of, um, and we uh, we talked about it when it first came out, but I think it's worth revisiting because it's been a big part of the marketing push for the Blu-ray release, and that's the Darth Maul cameo. Uh, Ray Park was on the Star Wars show this week. Let's take a quick listen here. Starth Mall, we have Ray Park here. It's so good to see you. I have been dying to talk to you since Solo came out because you're finally back on the big screen in Star Wars. And I have to know, what was your reaction when they called you and said that he was coming back and they wanted you to be a part of it? Honestly, mind blown. We were in Guatemala at the time doing a fan convention. We just landed and Lynn Hale from uh, Lucasfilm was trying to reach me. But not in a million years did I think it had anything to do with Solo. So I said, look, Lynn, my phone doesn't work. Here's my private number, but we're going for dinner. I'll be back in an hour. And my wife's like, you should be calling, you should be calling. It's work, it's Lucasfilm, you should be calling. That's how your wife sounds? She's, no, no, she doesn't. She's She'll got, kill me. You know, she's got a great voice. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's in my head. And so um, I call in and she says, so they want you back. Do you want to do it? I went, what? Yes, now? Can I get on the plane now? I'll shave my hair? She goes, no, 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 we just want to know if you want to do it. And I said, of course I'll do it. I'm there. So, of course, I start training like a madman. Right. During the day, at night time. I didn't train to get big. I just wanted to be ready. And plus, every time I worked out, I was thinking of Darth Maul. He's been part of my life for 20 years. Yeah, so, um, and, and, and in the Star Wars show this week, you can see some just amazing footage of him in costume without the hologram, and it just... It looks great. I, I, I wasn't entirely convinced. I, I wasn't blown away by the hologram in the film itself, but just seeing like some of the stills that we've seen in the last few weeks of Darth Maul, it just it, it, it makes me happy. I'm with you with that, Riley. I, I think the, the stills look better than the hologram did in the movie. Yeah. Right? Mm. It excites me in the aspect of, of what it brings to the story because, you know, we've always felt like there was more to Maul and what Maul was doing when he was off screen. But this really pushes the desire for the, the random public to want to know more. I mean, for those of us who have been watching the Clone Wars and stuff, we've been following. We've been like, what's going on with Maul, man? Where's Maul at? We know he's out there. We see him in Rebels. We want to know more between his time in the Clone Wars and his time in Rebels. And this gives us a taste of that and a promise of more to come. <laughs> yeah. No, Totally. Totally. I, uh, cause like Maul was so amazing too in Clone Wars and even in Rebels where, when he's first introduced, um, and season three, I think it is where it, you know, he fights the Inquisitors and, and he becomes the sort of reverse Obi-Wan figure, uh, for Ezra. I mm-hmm. absolutely loved that. Didn't really like the way he went out, um, in the last episode, um, versus Obi-Wan, but I really liked the idea behind it. So the fact that we can, that we got just a little glimpse, just a little taste of what Maul could be like on the big screen. It makes me really sad there's not an Obi-Wan movie. Like, <laughs> the Obi-Wan versus Maul confrontation needed to have been on the big screen. That's 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 an element of Star Wars mythology that is so that is so epic that that's the kind of thing we needed to see. Well, I mean, you know, we could still do something in that regard where we have that scene, but you could play it from a different angle, right? So Obi-Wan's doing something, and he stops in the middle of the Juddlin' Waste, but he's got to be somewhere else. And what happens? Oh, Maul shows up in the middle of nowhere. We don't even need to see the Ezra Hive. You know, we just know that Obi-Wan's got to be somewhere else, and Maul shows up. He's got to finish off Maul. You want to know more about that? Check out Rebels. <laughs> mm, yeah. I, th- I think probably what happened was they never thought they would bring Maul onto the big screen again so they gave it to rebels let him finish off the story 
And then they really plucked them all out of nowhere for this cameo. I don't think that was the original intention. Yeah. At least in from what I've heard from interviews with Ron Howard, even, you know, it was kind of like, oh, they wanted a big character there, but it was kind of like it could have been Jabba, it could have been whatever. And they just, you know, mm-hmm. probably because of John Kasdan, you know, with I wanna, his deep knowledge, he, I don't they, wanna, they kind of pulled them all out. I don't want to be too critical, but like, I'm just, let's take a listen to this real quick. I have a purpose here. Perhaps you are protecting something. No. Protecting someone. I mean, this is, I'll be honest, this is super cool. But I really, and oh, and you can see the animated kind of Inquisitor-esque uh, version of the double-bladed lightsaber that he has here is also the one that Ray Park has live action in Solo. I just noticed that. Um, but the sort of, I actually, I'm not opposed to the sort of very brief confrontation. I know a lot of people complained about it. I loved, like, the changing of poses for Obi-Wan here, but I watched this and all I think is, oh, Ewan McGregor. <laughs> I want to see him doing this exact, I want to see this movie. <laughs> Um, right. <laughs> I, I, but I digress slightly. I think it's cool that they pulled it in for solo. Um, uh, and I hope they do that kind of stuff more and more with upcoming star Wars movies. And I think the, that's the kind of thing that we expected more in the spinoff films too. a little, a few more risks, a few more off the wall or specific references to star Wars mythology that they may not care about for the, you know, mainline films. And this is again for the nerds. If, mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think if solo had knocked it out of the park, like they were probably hoping there may be a continuation of this. You might see more of Maul, but I think because of how poorly Solo did, the best chance we have of seeing Maul and Kira and the continuation of that story is probably in the novels or comics. Yeah. No, that makes sense. You're listening to the Star Wars Report. Don't get cocky. Well, and I'll, all right, so we have, I, I want to move on and quickly talk about um, how I'm, beginning to slightly be convinced that Star Wars Resistance won't suck. <laughs> oh, it's going to be great. What? <laughs> really? Uh, I know. It's a breakthrough moment for you, This Ryan. is, right? They, <laughs> have you seen, Aaron, have you seen the, the Aces bit that they just put on uh, the Star Wars YouTube channel, I think yesterday, as we're recording this? Uh, oh, it was yeah. recently, a couple days ago. I've seen every frame of it multiple times. <laughs> mm. <You> nerd. Uh, <laughs> I got to get those, you know, I got to get the symbols. I got to read the Arbesh, you know. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. See, I had to get the X-Wing at the perfect swoop position where it was just starting to turn. Like, it took me a long time to get that screen captured. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, still don't like the style a whole lot. And, and But I will say, though, a couple of these characters started to connect a lot more to me. Specifically, and I'm surprised to say this because this would be the kind of thing, Aaron, you know me, that I would kind of wrinkle my nose at. But the Donald Faison's character that the... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna play I, a little I, excerpt. I, I, I'm gonna <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna play a little clip from the from the video and and the character he plays. Maybe you'll be the first to walk away. All right, yeah. right and places of that band. I mean, it's not first. Not everyone can be hype. That's hype, Faison. One of the best pilots on the platform. <laughs> I'm Donald Faison. Play hype, Faison. Great name. It's one of the few times I've created a character around the person. I had met Donald a couple times. He is a huge Star Wars fan. Here's your character. His name is Hype Faison. Say it again. Hey, everybody, look who it is. Oh, you know who it is. 
Hype is the best pilot on the platform. <laughs> That's my favorite part. How do you know who it is? He's got a yeah. lot of sponsors on his ship. And I also love the idea of the sponsors. So this is sort of like, like this is a second round at pod racing in some ways. An evil Knievel? I mean, yeah. God. Oh, that was brilliant. Yeah. Because they all play a part in what's going to happen in the future. Ace wants a squadron. Line them up. Griff is the, the cranky old man. It's been too long since we've seen some action. Hi, I'm Steven Stanton, and I play an ex-imperial TIE fighter pilot by the name of Griff Halloran. Oh, snap. Another, another favorite character of mine already, an imperial rebel. Mm. <laughs> That's funny. Mm. Less, I, listen, <clears throat> I've had conversations with Steven Stanton since... He was definitely voicing. He he's a true pro. I had no idea he was voicing somebody in the series, and I until I literally watched this video. He's got a lot of his old original gear. It's all falling apart at this point. He's just got this modded out high fighter. All right, that's what sold me, Aaron. That right there, the the um, old uh, retired Tie pilot who's modded out his Tie fighter. It's pretty epic. Like that's cool. I'm sold. He's a little rough around the edges. Griff's not a guy that you want to cross. Everyone leaves him alone because he's just kind of the brooding guy who just is in the corners there. He's still out there looking for that one last great battle. You'll have to bring her in manually. Follow my signal. I'm Mary Elizabeth. And anyway, I we'll, play we'll, we'll, um, we'll include a link to the whole video. We won't play the whole thing here, but um, between Donald Faison's hype, Faison, 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 I, I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, between that and. Uh, Griff, I'm pretty sold. It looks pretty fun. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. So look at me, Aaron. I'm not a total stodgy old man. Not, not yet. We'll see. After the first couple episodes. <laughs> He's not convinced. He's, He's not got convinced. your number. Yeah. But I agree with you as far as like what's drawing me in for this show is the characters so far. And it's kind of what happened with Rebels. When, when they first announced Rebels, I was like, eh, I don't know if this show's really for me. And then they kind of had those character introductions, and I really fell in love with the individual characters. And I think that these characters seem very well thought out, and there's a lot of variety. And like you said, it's kind of like pod racing 2.0. I, like I like the idea of the ships yep. racing more, way more than I would ever enjoy pod racing. So yeah. mm. in all the designs and the colors... I'm not a huge fan of the animation style, and I think um, I don't know if either of you have watched the new series on Netflix called Dragon Prince. No, but mm. I'm going to this yeah, week. Mm. So it's got a similar animation style, where it's basically the idea is they're taking 3D animation and stripping it down to make it look more t make make it look more hand drawn. Okay, and that's kind of the same hmm. style as this. So if it you watch is. Dragon Prince, you might get a little bit of a preview of what to expect from Resistance, mm. okay. and it is a little odd. It's it's tough to get used to. Hmm. See what 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 I think the thing that worried me the most was this being in the Cold War, but now we're watching them racing and stuff. They're reluctant Resistance members, you know. At this point, they're like, you know, they're doing their job, but their job really isn't much. And it's got the promise of so much more. And and the fact that we get this pod racer feel on their downtime and stuff at the cusp of the biggest war that the galaxy has seen since the last, you know, throwdown with the Empire. I think that that's a great backdrop for these characters. And the fact that they're kind of like the Fast and the Furious of their own group. Like, I'm, I'm down. Like, I have three characters that I already want. Four, actually. Uh, 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 oh, man, that one chick that looks like the Mandalorian, like, like with the, the blonde hair that talks all prim and proper. Like, oh man, I just, I'm excited about these characters. I, I want to know more about each and every one. I, I would love to get one of those little background books that gives me all that background hmm. stuff. Yeah. Do they do that with these, Aaron, like they do at the movies? 
like what like a kind of visual guide yeah do we get visual guides for rebels and stuff like that like yeah they did they did something similar for the clone wars they did something similar for rebels like episode guides and things like that dictionary i think they did like a clone wars dictionary Mm -hmm. so there definitely will be some companion material i I remember being eyes out i always remember being so into the uh, episode guides for the clone wars when they air Uh, just like digging Mm -hmm. through them every week when it would come out and all the easter eggs and stuff i hope they do something like that for resistance that definitely yeah. wrote me in more. I would think with Filoni still kind of, you know, heading it up, there's going to be similar yeah. you know, communication with like the, the website and all of that. I, I would expect to be like weekly episode guides. Hey, Mark, mm-hmm. let's do Boba's Bounty. Worth a lot to me. As you mm-hmm. wish. In, in fact, uh, you guys know it. You guys love it. It's that uh, time of the show where we each talk about something we did or witnessed or watched, consumed, something uh, about our everyday Star Wars fandom. Uh, and uh, we talk about it here in Boba's Bounty. And Mark, I know you got to bounce in a second because you've got Scout, so I'll let you uh, go first so that you can get out of here in time. All right. Well, and then Aaron second because I have to hear what he got. Uh, for me, I was at the uh, OA Conclave. It was a Jurassic Conclave. I finally was able to purchase my my name tag which will say mark jedi in quotes hurleman i'm excited about that but what really blew my mind was that they had native american star horse blankets there uh you know they were huh. spendy 150 180 bucks but they had chewy and the porgs uh there was kylo ren there was bb8 uh i mean just you name it i was blown away floored by these things and you could turn them into these uh kapoas i think is what you call them native american uh, ceremonial garb but they were like 300 bucks to do mm. uh they were glorious but man outside my reach uh i was drooling yeah yeah man that that's that's awesome man i want mm-hmm. uh take a picture of it post it on your insta i want to oh, see it yes um yes, for sure all right aaron okay so for mine you know how people find out you're a star wars fan mm-hmm and then they and they just think, okay, I can give him a gift. If it says Star Wars on it, he's going to like it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you get those gifts and you get it and you're like, eh, I don't really like it. You know, just because it says Star Wars. But so this happened to me the other day. My brother, who lives in a different state, was visiting. And he's like, hey, I got you a couple of things that I found on a flea market. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, cool. You know, like not really <laughs> expecting much. And he hands me this thing and it's called the Star Wars Album. Okay. And I had never heard of this. This nope doesn't ring any bells to me. Mm-mm. Have you ever heard of it, Mark? No. no. Okay. Good. Good. Because I wanted to surprise oh. you. <laughs> it's basically like a little time capsule. So this is a companion book that came out. It was called Official Collector's Edition. In at the same time as the release of the original Star Wars. So this is from 1977. What? Ooh. And so the description here. I'll read the description that's on Wikipedia. But it says, uh, Star Wars album, Star Wars album was a companion book to the film Star Wars published in November 1977 by Ballantine Books. Cover price of $5.95. The magazine was a companion to the movie and included character profiles, photos, concept art, and behind the scenes articles. This is a little time capsule. It's, un- it's, it's so cool because huh. it has not been tainted with the time, with time. There, wow. everything like let me just read you something here. They have a glossary in the back that tells you like all the Star Wars terms and what they mean. Mm-hmm. Nice. And how inaccurate they are now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, so can for, you give us an example? For example, um, let's see here. Is that, oh, where's that a good one? Hey, my, my jaw is hanging open. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so this is the, the term Old Republic. Now, <laughs> the governing body of the Alderaan star system 
that began to lose its grip when the Imperial Empire came into power. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it kind of fits. <laughs> if you yeah, stretch around. It puts a lot more pressure on Alderaan now, don't it? Uh, <laughs> so here we go. Clone Wars. Noun. Most recent attempt by the Jedi Knights to stop the Imperial forces. <laughs> uh-huh. um, oh. What does it Obi-Wan say? Kenobi. What about the Confederacy of Independent Systems? Is that in there? Is that? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, here we go. Obi-Wan, or no, Kenobi, comma, Obi-Wan, noun, one-time leader of the Jedi Knights. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. General yeah. Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> It's very dated, but I love that it's like this little time capsule that That's awesome. it was you know, Dude. kind of what they maybe intended for a lot of these things that changed significantly. But yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. A pretty cool thing. That's, yeah, that's, that, that's a tickle to find right there. Yeah. Uh, man. Yeah. No, every now and again, though, you get something really good like that. I For our housewarming gift, one of my friends brought over a, 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 a job of the hut model it's like 1115 out of 4000 i was like where did you get this he found it at a garage sale <laughs> nice well for my boba's bounty this week um i actually have two so i'm cheating but often i'm coming up short so i'm figure i'll i'll i'll, I'll stuff this week a little bit more because i have two things one i was over in abilene this um past weekend and uh we went to the abilene zoo a group of us and it was a great time. It's, uh, it was really cool. We got to see a lot of the animals and stuff like that. But the in the gift shop, they have... I'm looking at it. I'm pulling up. Eh, eh. I'm actually I'm holding it right here. Um, they have the Sloth Awakens shirts. And nice. I saw this, and Aaron, I immediately thought of uh, your, your kid, Quinn, because... He's, he's, he's a burgeoning nerd, a, a budding nerd. And so I was like, this is perfect. So I had to get it for him. Um, the thing that interests me is like, I remember the, the Atlanta uh, Aquarium had like uh, the an, an, uh, Otter Wars t-shirt. And I was just like, it's funny to me that these places can really get away. It is a full on Jedi sloth and a Jedi robe ah. and lightsaber. The lightsaber is shaped exactly like Luke Skywalker's from Return of the Jedi and it's green. And I was like, there's no way these are licensed. <laughs> Right, I got a Moose Wars one that I gave to one of my Moose Caboose kids. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but the other thing that we did this weekend, <clears throat> it, or uh, this last weekend, was uh, we went to an anime com- convention. Now, whoa, that's ultra nerdy. That right? sounds fun. This is Riley outside his box. <laughs> it is. It's outside of the norm because here's here's what's your favorite anime, Riley? <laughs> you tell me. Um, I don't watch anime like I don't but but it's interesting because it's still it's um, comic con adjacent similar uh, you know showroom floor some panels and stuff it's just the fringier part because like comic cons now are pop culture they're not they're not niche culture it is what's popular now superheroes Star Wars Harry Potter right Um, and it's so walking I can't help but think walking into an anime convention now is a similar vibe to what it would have been like walking into a comic convention in 1989 right i just feel like that that's what it would that's what it would have been like um so it was really cool i and some really interesting costumes and stuff um the showroom floor was there but i actually bought a bunch of crap which you guys know me that's like highly unusual um and I'm looking at it here. I bought, there's this really cool artist who had these 
I don't know the style of Japanese art, chibi of sorts. These are like the super cute Pokemon style of art and a bunch of Star Wars posters. And I just bought a bunch of them because I thought they were hilarious and cute. Um, <laughs> there's one Featuring. that's... <laughs> Featuring what characters? All right. I'm actually going to, because, uh, and again, uh, sorry, I'm going to make this slightly visual for a second, but you guys have to see this. I'm going to turn on, um, I'm going to turn on my... Um, webcam so that you guys can actually track along here so um this is the admiral akbar one and it says right at the top of course at the top you know it's a trap more importantly in the background (laughs) it's admiral akbar's girlfriend running after him (laughs) with valentine's candy with hearts everywhere um adorable all right I'm so it's so all right. This is just happening. I have to show you guys. This is this is great podcast. I'll post pictures of it um, on my Instagram at the Riley guy. So follow along there, guys. Uh, it'll I'll, I'll put that on my Instagram so you guys can do it. This is the Pokemon Chewbacca. If you look in the background there, it's, it's the, like Pikachu Chewbacca. It's, yeah, it's Pikachu Chewbacca. <laughs> yep, it's Pikachu Chewbacca with the Death Star two only as a Pokeball. Um, uh. Here's is Mark one. still seeing this stuff or did he leave? Uh, I think, did he have to bounce? I think he did. Uh, <laughs> he's, like, he's missing out. I know he is. Uh, I mean, this is, obviously, this is one's gone, this is for Bethany. It's it's Ray. Yeah, that's adorable. Um, and then the last one. That was Ray and BB, BB-8. I have. For those of you that can't see And this, this is because I know, uh, Aaron, you, you and I both know our mutual friend, Teresa, doesn't listen. So <laughs> I can do this here because I'm literally going to see her this weekend. And I'm going to give her... Um, this <laughs> it's an Ewok baby toddler playing with toy TIE fighter and X-Wing going pew pew. Um, <laughs> she's, she's going to die. And then it's also going to be again, this, which is link writing rainbow. What's her face? <laughs> rainbow dash, rainbow dash. Thank you. <laughs> so that's, um, that's an anime convention. A lot of star Wars subculture at an anime convention Aaron. Let me tell you, because I believe it, I believe it. In the vein of this uh, Zelda um, uh, Rainbow Dash, uh, My Little Pony. I almost said Proud Little Pony. Um, My Little Pony uh, crossover. Um, there's. <sighs> keeping this family friendly. I'm <laughs> like, how do I describe this? Because it's hilarious to me. And I was. I don't know if I included you in on in on some of these snaps, Snapchat pictures that I was taking and sending around, but a lot of you know, we're used to we're used to celebration, right? We're used to Disney World, Star Wars weekends, right? The officially licensed Disney artwork, Artist Alley. You go to the Artist Alley at the anime convention, and you see some really interesting alternative Rogue One art. <laughs> Put it that way, and and I started like, wait, this is a thing, and like, and and then oh, and I had this moment where there's this stuff on display, which was super well frankly racy <laughs> it was a lot of like star wars characters doing things that you're surprised to see star wars characters doing <laughs> and then but then what one of the booths and the artist's like well and if you go over here here's the explicit artwork <laughs> so like i realized what was on display on the booth was like the semi safer work version was like P- pg-13 yeah exactly <laughs> and just it's it's funny to me this is your introduction to this did you not know this stuff existed i know it existed it was just like it's it it was just in like the 
corners of the internet part of my brain of like, oh, sure, that everything exists on the internet. And that was me realizing, oh, no, this is like a significant subculture and, and it's, you know, uh, it, was, it was an interesting experience. It was witnessing just, it in person. Just wait till you start digging into fan fiction. Oh, uh, don't want to. Oh, anywho. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's some terrifying stuff. So uh, that's that's just what I wanted to share for my Boba's Bounty uh, this week. Hey, guys, uh, thanks for listening to the Star Wars Report podcast this week. Um, I know uh, Bruce is out this week. He'll be back next week taking over the show, uh, which we appreciate as always. Uh, had a great time. Uh, thanks to Mr. Mark Hurleman, who had to bounce a second ago. Um, hey, be sure to follow him. It's at Illogical Rogue 2, wherever uh, you follow social media. And uh, Aaron, what are you up to? What did you like to plug for uh, the good folks listening to the Star Wars Report? Um, people should listen to a new Disney podcast. Oh, that di- I'm doing. I love Disney. I love Yes, yeah, so new disney podcast called the mouse and castle Ooh. you can find us on itunes search for disney will mm. be one of the top results or you can just search for mouse and castle and you'll find us that way too yeah that's the dude I, I'm brand serious. new podcast we're having Definitely so much fun use some support yeah but yeah that's me and riley are doing it so shameless plug yes uh, then of course there's always star wars bookworms that i do with teresa as well if anybody wants to check out the literature mm-hmm. side of star wars nice that's awesome. Uh, yep. Yeah. Go listen, rate, rate, subscribe, review Mouse and Castle, the one, two, three, four, five, uh, number six trending Disney podcast. Let's get it on up there. Look at us. Oh, look. And people, to be fair, people are, are, are really helping out and leaving some uh, new ratings and reviews, and we do appreciate it. Uh, same thing applies for this podcast, by the way, Star Wars Report, wherever you happen to listen, especially if you're listening in the iTunes, in the Apple Podcasts app. It's super easy. Just go into the app and tap uh, a star rating. And if you also feel so inclined to put in a little bit of extra effort, a quick uh, text review as well, we would really appreciate it. Um, and definitely, definitely do that. Uh, Aaron... Uh, people can also be tracking along besides the podcast you do. It's at AV Goins on Twitter and Instagram, right? Correct. Awesome. Awesome. And then, of course, uh, for us, it's at Star Wars Report. Super simple on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Star Wars Report. And, of course, Star Wars Report.com will have the links to everything we talked about, including the videos and um, all of our social media profiles and everything else on this uh, the show notes for episode 348. Holy cow, we're almost 350 episodes. I just realized that. Dang. Trucking along, as always. Um, I can't take nearly as much credit for it over the last few months, but I'm so glad to have uh, that the show has actually managed to, to continue on. We thank you guys for listening. If you want to follow me, it's at the Riley guy, R I L E Y, the Riley guy, on Instagram. That's the best place to follow me, as well as Twitter, as well as what I've become a huge fan of uh, in recent weeks, and I'm posting there all the time. Snapchat, the Riley guy. It's that simple. Uh, anything I'm forgetting, Aaron? I think we've pretty much covered the gamut, right? I think. I think we're good. All right. Awesome. All right. Until next week, may the force be with you. And remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. We'll save talking about the Mary Poppins trailer for Mouse and Castle. Oh, I thought that was the after show. They were doing that right now. No? Yeah. That's not? Oh, okay. New fireworks show at Epcot. We got some good stuff to talk about. Oh, really? Yeah, and I'll be retiring illuminations. I'll be in California. I'll be actually like three hours, four hours from Disneyland. I kind of maybe I'll drive down to Disneyland just to record a show with you live from the Starbucks. <laughs>